I'm Laura. And I'm Sasha. Welcome to our podcast. Portals is a show about the strange experience of being human. We're interested in looking at the ways our particular mammal brains see and interact with the world around us. In Portals, we explore the ways we weave loss into life. We'll be talking together and with guests about four main themes, portals, feelings, loss, and trust. We're glad you're here. Welcome. We'd love to have you come look out at the world with us. When I first had the idea for the grief house, I didn't know what to call it. And I I thought I might call it the grief house. But then when I told people that, I got some startled responses that Mm -hmm. made me feel self-conscious and unsure. Like Mm -hmm. if you call it the grief house, how many people are going to want to come over? Which, you know, like, hey, (laughs) want to come to my house? Sure. Which house is it? It's the grief house. Like, oh, right. Yeah. So I was searching for another name and the name that I came up with, which is actually the official name for the company is Wilderings, which is a word in botany. That means plants that were born in cultivation that have escaped Mm. to the wild, Mm. like plants that have escaped cultivation and reestablish themselves in the wild, mm. which I kind I of love that. I love that too. Cause I feel like that's my kid. You're a plant that I has escaped. feel like at least one of my kid is yeah. a, a wildering. And it did feel like what I also want for mm-hmm. myself and for this project. Like I feel like for me, acknowledging grief is like a vehicle f- for that. Acknowledging the like, messy, painful parts like death and grief and all the things that fall to the ground and are necessary for the system to be thriving and wilder. Yeah. And that's sort of a process that I'm really interested in. Like, how do we move from profound cultivation? Like, how do we move from that to something that feels more wild, but in a way that feels liberating? Mm -hmm. And communal, liberating and communal. Like, how do we do that together? How do we do that? Right. And so today, this month, we're talking about paths. And I feel like that's the path I would love to talk about with you today. Mm -hmm. Like the path from cultivation to wilderness. Well, when we've talked about this before, you know, as we talk about paths and how they can be helpful, because you don't have to look at your feet the mm-hmm. whole time because you 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 have a path. It's like mm-hmm. a path other people have taken. You may have taken it. There's a certain trust in where you're going to end up. Yeah. So you can, in a way, enjoy the ride and just like be like, I'm going to look at this tree or these birds. And so I'm going to walk this path. But at some point, the path can become a rut, mm-hmm. metaphorically speaking. And what started off as an option as like a vehicle for getting somewhere or doing something, it has become like, instead of opening, it's become limited because Mm -hmm. it becomes like something that is like, that's the way there. Mm -hmm. But what if there are other ways Mm -hmm. and how do we see them, Mm -hmm. especially when most people around you are going, Mm -hmm. 
down this path. And you're like, I think I want to head generally and I, I want to be with people. Mm. How do we do this? Like, I, I don't want to necessarily just be completely alone. And everyone's like, when they gave you feedback about the grief house, like mm-hmm. people will not want to come to your grief house. <laughs> you, that's going to be a good name for it. Cause you're going to be real <laughs> sad in there. All by <laughs> that's right. All by yourself. <laughs> and I think This episode and this theme specifically speaks to, I think, the work we're trying to do on many levels, Mm -hmm. both with, we have centered something and gotten so used to it that we haven't realized what we've blocked out. And we're trying to say, okay, there's a lot of other stuff happening here, like grief and loss and pain that's just here with us all the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we were so eager to get through that mm-hmm. to get to the next thing and move past it. Like, how do I process this so I can move on? It's like, I'm going to digest something. It's kind of hard for my system. Woo. Okay. But maybe it's, it's about being a wildering and like yeah. being out in it. And maybe actually it has changed us. Yeah. And I think that it, to me, it feels like, for example, I live in Portland and my house is on the corner So we have a lot of sidewalk and the sidewalk is controlled by the city of Portland Mm -hmm. and they send you notices. We just got a notice about needing to do sidewalk repairs Mm -hmm. because we have to keep the sidewalk flat and clean and Mm -hmm. passable. And that makes a lot of sense because it's a shared space. And Mm -hmm. so the goal for that shared space is for it to be not dangerous. Mm -hmm. And last summer when it was so hot here, one of the things that I was sort of uh, surprised by mm-hmm. was, and we don't have air conditioning in our house. Mm-hmm. So I was doing all of the things to try to get the house cool. Like when the sun went down, the air got cool. Like in Portland at night, the mm-hmm. air cools down quite a lot, but the concrete does not. It holds heat. I remember thinking like, this is a terrible thing. Like all of this concrete makes it so that we all need air conditioners Mm -hmm. and then the air conditioners make it hotter in the world. (laughs) But I understand it. It's like the concrete makes the road smooth. It makes it so that you can drive in your car more easily. Like, I think that there's a tricky thing about finding safety about to what extent does breaking down the sidewalk generate safety? You know, like Mm -hmm. if I broke up all the concrete and planted low growing plants that were like water retentive and like there would be some point at which one could argue that we were more safe you know like slowly declining temperatures and cleaner air and but there would also be yeah an increase in danger and i feel like that is like that's a scary it is well in other conversations you have talked about how going from cultivated to wild It's not just like, you're like, ah, we'll just stop cultivating and then it will just be wild and it's kind of natural way it would have been. No, it is changed by cultivation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we, it's intentional work we need to do to rewild and on the journey there is a lot of pain and chaos and that part can be disorienting and confusing Mm -hmm. and it can make us really think about what our values, what are our intentions, why are we doing this? Like when you mentioned that example, just to stick with that, like of the sidewalk, 
the pros cons, like I think someone with a wheelchair, they're going to have a hard time. Mm -hmm. And someone with a stroller, you know, Mm -hmm. that's going to be hard. And that is something we'd have to consider, like, how does that work? How can it be safe for them to pass? But also, it's going to slow people up. And it's like, why are we all in a hurry? Can we question Mm -hmm. that and think about maybe, actually, if we did things more slowly, maybe there is a way that could do both, but it's probably not going to be the most efficient, fast way. Right. And it might require community. Like it might be mm-hmm. that you need more help to navigate. That yeah. That maybe we're not just all setting it up so we can go it on as fast as we can and then like treat the symptoms with yeah. like an AC unit. And it's hard because some of the symptoms are, do need, like, I think one mm-hmm. of the things that's hard about this work is that you don't know how to trust. For example, with this grief project, I understand that we are scared of grief because it can be dangerous. You know, like there are points at which grief becomes physically dangerous. And if you have a structure that is healthy and robust, I can really support people. Then moving into grief, like deeply into grief, I think in the end is like a a healthy choice for the system, you know? Mm -hmm. But if you don't, it is dangerous. Like to say to somebody who's all alone and doesn't have community, like, yes, I want you to, you should sit with your sadness. Yeah. Like maybe you shouldn't, you know, are you a veteran who just was asked to be a part of things that were horrible and Mm -hmm. like deeply painful and then reintegrate and you have no support? Like maybe your best option is if it's a possibility to close that off, you know, Mm -hmm. I I understand it is dangerous territory and yet, (laughs) and yet, and yet I think collectively as a planet, Mm -hmm. as people, as community, we have a healthier environment when we can absorb and process and compost the, like, for example, the felled trees, you know, like all the, like the nurse logs, like those are good for us rather than cleaning it up, sweeping it aside. And I think all the losses in my life are kind of like that. They, some, for a while, they're just in the way. There's this big fallen tree that's just in the way, reminding me of what it used to be or what it could have been. And I'm tripping over it. But it's with time and with space and with the adequate environment, like it, it brings new life. There's new things mm-hmm. that come of it. And ultimately, it's better for the whole, even though immediately my impulse is to clear that thing out of the way. Mm-hmm. Now, with that said, in a neighborhood, like we mm-hmm. don't just let f- trees fall and then just let them be. Like there's a balance. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like I physically can do this yeah. or or can do that in in like a neighborhood with sidewalks and whatnot. But I think this is an interesting question to kind of sit with both in our physical worlds and in our emotional worlds, how much we want to clean mm-hmm. up <laughs> mm-hmm. and why. Yeah. Like why, why? Why are we doing it? Like, why do we need to clear that away right away? Maybe that is good. Maybe we need that. Maybe mm-hmm. we absolutely need that. And I think there's enough of us to hold that for, for mm-hmm. people, for those moments when we just need it cleared up. 
I have definitely been there. But then there's times when we have maybe the bandwidth or the ability to be like, I'm going to sit with this and let it be and see what comes from this. And it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's really uncomfortable. And it can't be done in isolation, right? Like I think that the, no, maybe one for me, like one of the hardest parts is like, if my branch falls down and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to drag it. Like I'm not going to chip it and have a truck haul it away, but I'm also not going to tell anyone that it fell down. Like stuff has to come to break the thing down. Mm -hmm. Like it will never break down if microbes don't find it, you know, like if squirrels and Mm -hmm. like crows don't get to steal its bits for their nest. Yeah. And that feels hard because that's trust. Then that's being like, Sasha, Mm -hmm. hi. This thing, this thing died <laughs> on my body and fell off. Like I have yes. a fallen dead thing. Do you want some of it? You know, like. Right. Like here's my very hard thing mm-hmm. that I feel conflicted about. Can you use it in any way? Could can we I offer it, it up? Right. Like what can we do? Do you? Yeah. And this idea is really like, I don't know how to do it. Like I, I have a picture in my mind about how it could potentially work. This like, how do I become a thing that's less rigorously cultivated? Like how do I require fewer chemical fertilizers? You know, like Mm -hmm. I know the answer is I let you drop your, you know, the things Mm -hmm. that die, let you drop them Mm -hmm. into me so -hmm. that they can break down and I can suck up, you know, like I know that this is the, I know that this is what it is, but I don't actually know how to do it. Like I don't actually know how to do it. Well, and I think the reason why is because there's not in our culture a clear path for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like not to double down on our like analogy, but we were maybe taught how to handle like a physical illness, you know, in different ways, but like generally what the, the steps might be if you're sick. But I don't think as a culture, a lot of us know how to do this. And I think there's a lot of people doing really good work right now. And I'm excited yeah. to be here in that, in that mix. It feels like it's fertile and bubbling up and of pushing back against these, what we're taught to be like, this is just how life is. But actually, <laughs> there are some pretty messed up systems that we were just taught to adhere to and try to survive and thrive within. And maybe the structures themselves are pretty messed up and specifically disenfranchising certain people and definitely destroying the planet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so maybe the systems themselves are problematic, but knowing how to be vulnerable with the hardest parts and bear witness to others and, and offer them up because we've spent years. I mean, think about like the way we curate our bodies, the way we curate our homes, the way we curate our images on social media. It's all for consumption. And it's a very flat. And uh, it's like I was talking to a lovely woman this morning who has been a dietitian for many years. And she was talking about it's tempting and it's so accessible to eat a lot of just kind of empty carbs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just they're there, especially when you're a kid. I feel like that's what all this is. Like mm-hmm. the social media that looks like happy and like, oh, everything's great. And my kid's like this and da-da-da. And here's my house and date night. And, you know, I'm just like, mm-hmm. ah, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what are we feeding? 
And what are we eating? I know. And what are we normalizing? And what's it doing to our brains? I know. And what's it doing to like what we think of as possible? Because I think we are getting, we're all in a big collective rut. Yeah. So I don't think you've talked yet about the elk. I haven't talked about the elk. I, I think, like to talk about the elk. I think okay, we need I want elk. to talk about the elk, but before we, I talk about the elk, <laughs> I want to tell you that as you are talking, the thing I have in my brain, the picture I have in my brain though, is like we're in a giant gymnasium and like it's being kept really clean with like Clorox. Like all the surfaces are like very clean with Clorox. Mm-hmm. And it's like got fresh linoleum. It's like a nice new gymnasium, not with wood floors though. It's got like, maybe it's a cafeteria. Okay. And like you and I and some other people have like dragged in like dirt and <laughs> some ferns. <laughs> and we're just in the corner, like, it's going to be a forest. And there's part of me that's like, yes, yes, everyone bring in your ferns. <laughs> and there's another part of me that's like, no, <laughs> like take your ferns out and let's mop the floor. This is silly. It'll never be a forest. Let's just let it be a clean, like, yes, if we could get this to be a forest, we could eat here and it would be more healthy and we would be less likely to get some kind of awful foodborne path, you know, like, because we'd mm-hmm. be eating from the forest and that would be better, but we're so far away from it. Like so far. maybe just don't have your dirty ferns in the cafeteria. <laughs> You know, like <laughs> dirty ferns, you dirty fern, you dirty fern. <laughs> so that's I, I'm just admitting that in my heart, even though this is what I'm doing, and it, and I'm not taking that path, I'm not devoted to the cafeteria. In my heart, I'm admitting here. Do we really think this is going to turn into like? Mm-hmm. Is this going to work? I don't know if this is going to work. I think it's going to work in a way we can't conceive. Okay. I think because it's not one or the other. Because the thing that was cultivated, there's some of us, I think, working at wilding it. It's like at the edges and at the margins. And I think that it's not going to look like either. Mm-hmm. I think in the end, and it's not, and that's the trust piece. That's the path to me of like the well worn path. You know where it takes you and you know mm-hmm. about how long and you know about what you'll see. But the non-path, the just mm-hmm. stumble through the forest, you're watching your step. You're walking more slowly. You don't know exactly where it's taking you or how long or what you'll encounter. So we can hope or like have like a yeah. loose image of where we're thinking we'll end up. But I think it's still worth going. It's still worth going. <laughs> it's still worth going if if the path isn't serving you. Yeah. And the That's path right. stops serving me and my family in a variety of ways and in my own kind of metaphorical way. And we have been stepping off in different ways because it wasn't serving us. And it's scary. (laughs) It's so scary because I know I'm like, I have a clear picture of this path. (laughs) It's not like I missed the path. Oh, the path was so good. No, it's just that I could picture it. I could mm-hmm. control it because I knew what was coming. This one, I don't know what's coming. And you don't know who's going to be on it with you. And so the elk. So <laughs> yeah, tell me about the elk. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, one of my very favorite books was about a wilding by Isabella Tree is about a family that had like a many thousands acre estate in England that was cultivated for generations and they decided to rewild it. 
And it was this whole process to move from cultivation to like a sustainable, you know, and wild, like wild, but it's like a thousand fenced acres within England. So it's not a part of a vast ecosystem of wildness. It's like a Mm -hmm. wilderness park. It took time and it was hard. And one of the things that she talks about is when they introduced one of the big turning points was when they introduced large hooved animals because there was like a water, like a river that went through the property that would flood every year. And the humans had built all of these devices to manage the water because that's what we do. We build the flood. Yeah, like, oh, it's this is flooding. We'll like manage it and like put yeah, walls and up like or have and pipes and, and yeah, pipes mm-hmm. and. And still it was like bad Hmm. things happened when it would flood, you know, and they consulted and consulted and someone was like, oh, you need heavy animals that will come and walk up to the river. Like it's because there are no heavy animals with big, wide feet who will come to your river. If they walk to the river, they will wear down the bank and they'll Hmm. come from a bunch of different places. They won't just be like, single file to the bank, you know, they'll come from all around. And what used to be a precipice will be a slope, you know, in some places it'll still be a precipice. They will diversify that waterscape, Mm. you know, that landscape. That's so powerful. Uh I just, does it talk in the book about her reaction to that? I mean, she was down this road, so she was already like, okay. Yeah. And, and she said, it's like Marvel, it's like marvelous, you know, because as soon as they do that, it creates like these new ecosystems, like these shallow ponds that new that the second the ecosystem is created, it becomes inhabited. And then that ecosystem feeds other things that need feeding. So a chain reaction. It's a chain reaction. And it's one that you can't know Mm-hmm. Whereas like you have, oh, I have flooding. I call mm-hmm. somebody. I'm like, yeah. I have flooding. And they say, well, I'll put this in. Yeah. And what you can expect is this. Yeah. And I do that. And then I call them if it doesn't work out and they come fix it. Like that's a very different way forward. That's <laughs> also very trusting and letting go of like, all of a sudden there's going to be, like you say, like there's a little pond here because of mm-hmm. the way that's been worn in the water flow. You don't know. You don't know. And like they had to import, I don't know, the elk. Like it's not like these elk like came and wandered in. They had to be like, okay, this is okay. Like, yeah. But then the elk were there, the elk were out of their control. (laughs) You know, then the elk were just doing elk things. Yeah. And I think Uh, that's maybe what I'm like, like maybe we just, (laughs) like, I'm just the elk. You know, <laughs> and I think we kind of have elk, but that's what I think I'm sensing like people oh, yeah. working in different ways, but they're it's diverse and random, like it's yeah. or not exactly random, but like it's different parts of the stream. Yeah. But I feel like we just work at our part of the stream, yeah, and, and see what yeah. comes. And I love it, yeah, I love it too. And you're right, it doesn't, in a lot of ways, it doesn't matter because it's just what is true for, you know, it's like, yeah, maybe there will be elk and there'll be ponds and there'll be birds and moths and beauty and beauty and beauty. Or maybe it'll be you and me in the cafeteria with like our <laughs> dirty ferns and everyone dirty walking ferns. a wide circle around us. You'd be you like, know? hey, we're <laughs> wilding over here. <laughs> Do you want to eat with us? In our dirty ferns? I'm just a girl with dirty ferns. So like, I can't. <laughs> You know, but then again, if you brought elk into a cafeteria, like 
I don't know how long it would take the elk running across the floor to like actually <laughs> change that. It would be problematic in different ways. So yeah. I think we just do it where we can at the at the like you say the metaphorical kind of edges of the the creek. Or the stream. And sometimes we're in the woods with the elk and sometimes we're in the cafeteria with the ferns. And it's, but maybe just like remembering the elk when you're in the cafeteria and hoping for the cafeteria when you're in the woods. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a kind of pathway. Just like being in the woods, being like, oh, maybe someday the cafeteria will be broken Mm -hmm. up a little bit more by these woods. And being in the cafeteria, being like, maybe there's some way to invite the woods into this cafeteria. That's like its own little... Yeah. Pathway. I like it. Thank you to Will Lewis for editing and to Parsa Shanpur for his original scoring. If you would like to learn more about the work we do at the Portland Grief House, you can check us out at griefhouse.org and find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you have a comment, question, or potential guest you'd like us to consider for a future episode, please reach out to us by email at info at griefhouse.org. Thanks so much for being here. See you next time.